out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are now about to take a journey with professional advisors Ken Smith and Ethan Broga on Empirical Investing Radio. For more information about Empirical Investing Radio, please call 800-923-4307. Fasten your seatbelts. You're going to need them. Just because the hosts have a sense of humor does not mean their advice won't change your life. Good afternoon and welcome to Empirical Investing Radio. I'm Ken Smith, Certified Financial Planner and CEO of Seattle-based wealth management company, Empirical Wealth Management. Today, I have Michael Van Sant, Certified Financial Planner and Principal in our firm, here with me, filling in for Ethan Broga. Good afternoon, Mike. Those are some big shoes to fill. That's right. Mike, we are... uh, Excited to talk to our listeners about ways they can improve their investment experience and financial planning techniques they can use to uh, improve their their wealth situation. Very exciting. Yeah. Making smart financial decisions is one of our goals. Consistent. Consistently. Yeah. If uh, you are uh, interested in contacting us to submit a question that you want us to read over the air and answer or just get back to you directly with. We'd love to help out as a part of doing the program. You can send us an email at contact at empiradio.com, empiradio.com, or give us a call at 1-800-923-4307. You can always leave us a message with your name and the question. Uh, we'd love to, if you give us your name and where you're from, we'd love to read that on the air, along with your question and the answer that we have for you. And uh, again, simple examples might be ideas for how you you should invest, uh, questions about something you're looking at as an investment and the way you might want to frame that decision. Maybe you have some financial planning decisions that you need to make. How do I start on the course to build a retirement plan? How should my investments be allocated across different vehicles? My 401k versus my taxable investment account versus my Roth? How should I contribute across those different buckets? Things of that nature, Mike. Should I refinance from a 30 to a 20 year bond uh, mortgage? Uh, we'll take we'll take it all. Yeah. Just got that one yesterday. Wow. Any of those questions, feel free to get in touch with us. And if you give us a call, we're offering one plan a month where we're doing a our own financial version of a financial makeover for someone. We'll do a free retirement plan and portfolio analysis for you. So feel free to contact us if you are interested in that as well. Fun, fun. 
Mike, today was a rough day in the market. I thought maybe we could start and just kind of talk about what happened. Today's Wednesday. We tend to record this show one day prior to its air. Okay. Uh, looks like the market was down almost close to 280 points. Wow. 2.2% drop. Um, and just looking at the Wall Street Journal article here. Uh, New York stocks suffered their biggest decline since the middle of last year. They really like to emphasize that mm-hmm. on the media mm-hmm. channels. I noticed almost, whether it's on uh, the news network channels or radio or on the print, they always like to mark when it's the worst decline since yeah. this date or that date. Yeah. I'm assuming that's some technique they learn in journalist school to make the headline more more uh, impactful. Yeah. yeah, grabbing that, you know, since, like, what does that mean? Stocks suffered their biggest decline since the middle of last year. Mm-hmm. So does it, it gives you this sense of, you know, Fear. the sky is falling, yeah. right? You should, you should be aware. You should tune in because that's the biggest crash since the middle of last year. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Well, all right. That's good to know. And then what if it was last month or... Yesterday. Two years ago. I mean, I, they don't seem to discriminate as to when. Is is it when it's been the biggest crash since five years ago? Like, when, when is it a big crash that they need it? But they do it almost every time, I mm-hmm. notice. Mm-hmm. And uh, as several downbeat reports prompted fears, there's utter fear and chaos, Mike. That's what we're talking about here. Um, fears that the economic recovery is running out of steam. Mm-hmm. Simon, do we have a train? Can you get some steam sounds in here? Um, Dow Jones closed down 279.65%, 2.2%. And that's nothing to sneeze at. It's a no. pretty big drop for yep. one day. Yep. To 12,290. Yep. Biggest point drop since June. Oh, here we go again. 4th of 2010. Um, now, that's a little interesting um, choice of words. The biggest point drop. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd have to do my own research to find out what the biggest percentage drop has been since June. But it's interesting how it's the biggest point drop because mm-hmm. as the market goes up, this is a simple math function of math, is the larger the number, then the same point drop is a smaller percentage, right? When the yeah. market was 1,000, when the Dow was at 1,000, a 100-point drop was, That's serious. was a pretty serious 10% drop, right? Mm-hmm. When it's ten thousand, it's one. It's 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 one percent, right? Mm-hmm. So, another, I think, fear instilling. We got to put that it's the worst something. Well, it's the points. Yeah. Drop. Not the worst percentage. All thirty of the blue chips finished in negative territory, Mike. The Dow, which snapped a four-day winning streak, dropped more than two percent for only the second time this year. Wow, that's like in one paragraph. <laughs> Three times about how it's it's been uh, an unusual drop here. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to finish reading a little bit of this, and then we can uh, chat. I thought we would. You wanted to talk a little bit today about some of the predictions and questions that client questions and things that you've gotten, and sure. I'm sure we'll get more as the as the utter market chaos ensues. <laughs> it's a meltdown. It's like jumping into a shark tank. <laughs> I always like the pictures, by the way. It's like a guy that's all stressed out (laughs) in front of a computer screen. (laughs) Snapping a pencil. Right. As if his own money, his own life savings was on the line. (laughs) 
He makes his life savings from uh, losing other people's. Where millions are made and lost in a day. Like, <laughs> you're living on the edge. Anyway, the Standard Poor dropped 30 points, or 2.3%. Its biggest drop since August 11th. Did you know that was the biggest drop since August 11th? I didn't. The financial, industrial, and material sectors each fell more than 3%. Only 10 stocks in the S&P finished in positive territory. Wow, only 10 wow. out of 500. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the technology-oriented NASDAQ fell 66 or 2.3%. And here's a direct quote from uh, Ted Weisberg, a trader at Seaport Securities. I don't know if you're familiar with that institution. Fine institution. <laughs> but uh, there isn't a lot of confidence to begin with, so it doesn't take much to push people away from the table. Investors kicked off June on a negative note after several economic data points weighed on the sentiment. Concerns about unemployment arose after a reading on a private sector. Uh, job growth came in well below economists' expectations, fueling an anxiety on Wall Street about the government's monthly jobs report Friday. And pessimism continued to mount after the Institute for Supply Management said manufacturing the manufacturing sector slowed sharply in May, Auto sales also dropped in May from a month earlier. The audio, the auto industry is uh, its first significant setback in more than 18 months. And furthermore, Mike, I'm going to finish it up here. Um, there was an acceleration in in selling in the late afternoon after Moody's uh, service cut the rating of Greek debt. I was reading that there's a, you know, they're saying a 50% chance that they'll default on their that in the next five years. Uh -huh. And, uh, oh, by the way, the last time the blue chip index dropped more than 200 points on a <laughs> closing basis was March 16th. Oh. Which was at the height of the nuclear crisis in Japan. Oh, yes, I remember that. Wednesday's declines erased the 1.7% gain the Dow achieved during the previous four sessions, including that 128-point juicy increase well, they don't say that, Mike. That's my own. 128-point <laughs> rise on Tuesday. Um, there's a very large population of portfolio managers who are nervous, said Fred Frankel with the Beacon Trust Company. They're invested, but they're nervous and scared. They're running scared, Mike. <laughs> they are running scared. Oh, easy. <laughs> I think I just heard one run, run by. <laughs> that's a scared. Is that Simon? <laughs> I think that's one of the scared investment manager. No, um, not one of our our clients took it. Are you scared? I'm not scared. Why are you not scared? Well, I uh, got enough people taking are care you, of that for me. Are you some kind of chest thumping macho? Uh, Machissimo. Machissimo. If you must know. Um, There's no sound effect for that. Hold, please. <laughs> Wait a minute. I think that's one of these guys. Hold on. Be careful what you ask for. Okay, well, you get the gist here, Mike. It, it's the way this article, these articles get written. Mm -hmm. Clearly, we're, we're speaking in jest here, and mm -hmm. I like your opinion, but um, it goes on to say there's a lot of skepticism, said Steve Quirk. Um, he's from TD Ameritrade, and... But unless we see something really out of the norm, I wouldn't anticipate seeing a market reaction Friday like we're seeing on Wednesday. 
and uh, demand for U.S. Treasuries are soaring, um, which is kind of interesting when people were worried about us defaulting on debt because you're reading about this deal with the budget cap. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the spending, and then, hey, if, if they don't work it out in Congress, then we could be at risk of defaulting on some of our debt. But uh, the demand, these guys are like hungry wolves scooping up uh, treasuries. Crude oils are tumbling, but remained above $100 a barrel, and gold edged on up. Surprisingly, Mike, the dollar actually rose against zero. Yeah. So... Okay, well, you get the gist here, uh-huh. and our gist on this is just that when you read these articles, it makes it seem like the world really, they do everything they can to frame it in a very gloomy way. Yeah. And then the next day... When, emotional if, way, too. Emotional, yeah. If the market goes up, then it's, the mar- this is the greatest one-day increase since, and you fill in the dates, mm-hmm. and then since, and then since, and then since, and there's, instead of guys all upset and disgruntled, they're... Big smile. You know, they're yeah, the high-fiving nose. each other yeah. and hugging and kind of stuff you do here at the office. Often. Frequently. But, um, okay, all kidding aside now, let's get serious. So what? why Why do we make a joke out of that? When, when we, I mean, should we be upset? Should we be worried? Should we be frantically reading um, stock market analysis um, and pulling up articles and trying to figure out what we should do? Or do we have a sense of calmness and confidence and Mike, I want to get your feedback on this, and we'll talk a little bit about some of these market prediction gurus. But we've got to take a quick break. Okay. Look and then we'll, we'll start with, with you uh, and your views on that. Looking we'll be right back. Thanks. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. You want to know the inside scoop on how today's leaders do business? How they hire and develop top talent? How do they retain top employees and customers? Tune in to Leadership Leverage on the Voice America Business Channel. Every week, Dr. Robert Denker will offer ideas and facilitate discussion with guests that will help shape today's up-and-coming leaders as well as established leaders in their fields. Listen for Leadership Leverage every Tuesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter L. Mosca provides those of you eager to invest well in real estate with the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus is to help you maximize your real estate investment dollars. Listen live to the brightest minds in investment real estate every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter L. Mosca, where America learns to invest. 
stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Well, welcome back. Uh, this is Michael sitting in for Ethan Broger today. Not nearly as good looking, but uh, quite a bit smarter. Uh, once again, our contact information is contact at empiraradio.com. That's E-M-P-I-R, well, E-M-P-I-radio.com. Or please call us at 800-923-4307. So, Ken, we're just picking up talking about the, uh, the down day on the market today and uh, – how the media seems to uh, enjoy and, and uh, proliferate some fear and, and really get in uh, get people's emotions and uh, you were talking previously about how they talk about the, the big point days but it doesn't seem like they uh, they're as excited about talking about good things as they are bad things I think uh, that the uh, emotion fear sells a little bit better than the emotion of uh, happy and contentment. Yeah, unless I think they can get it to a euphoric state, you yeah. know, when there's some kind of a bubble going on. or um, But if it just happens to be a semi-positive yeah. day, I guess it's okay. Well, CNBC, I, uh, Mark Haynes just passed at CNBC. Um, yeah, I saw that. Mark Haynes, when I started in the business 16 years ago, I, I watched a fair amount of CNBC and kind of grew up. CNBC came around about 16 years ago, and to that point... Uh, in the late 90s, their viewership was four times what CNN was during that tech bubble. So I think you're wow. exactly right in that euphoric. Um, uh, in the late 90s of the euphoria around the tech bubble, they they got quite a good a lot of viewership uh, t- when talking about positive things. That's a interesting uh, little nugget that you're dropping there. The, uh, the ratings um, of their show during market peaks and valleys would be very interesting to see. Um, it says, I uh, just found a little thing here on Wikipedia, but uh, during the late 90s and early 2000s, CBC ratings were increasing sharply along with the stock market, often beating those of CNN during market hours. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think part of what, you know, helping our listeners and our clients make consistently smart decisions, you know, I think we have... I think we have a, a bigger bone to pick than a lot of advisors about the media and and the impacts that it has on, on investing. I believe that uh, you asked me, hey, am I, am I worried? And uh, I think I, I've always got a some amount of concern about the future of the economy and the markets, um, but not not in a way that most investors have it. I, I'm looking at it that um, you know, I, obviously, it's nice when the markets are doing well and the economy is doing well and people are employed and house prices are going up. I don't, I don't look at the news as a um, something that's going to help me to predict any of that, which I think is very different than than most readers and listeners of the news. Yeah. Well, we were talking about the market being down, Mike, and I was kind of making, I was adjusting a little bit there that they do tend to play on emotions rather than just 
report straightforward. The market was mm-hmm. down, and I like how they always have such a, um, you know, they pull a guy that works for some firm on, that trades on an exchange, and suddenly he's explaining why the market went down mm-hmm. rather than today. There was, there's a book, um, Stocks for the Long Run, from Jeremy, guy, Professor Jeremy Siegel. Mm-hmm. And uh, he talked about that if you actually look at the data, um, many of the biggest market movements, both positive or negative, really didn't have any meaningful uh, news out when they occurred. Mm-hmm. You know, like there wasn't a meaningful market event that could be could be traced after the fact. Mm-hmm. But it, it seems like almost always, do you ever see an article that explains why, that reports the market was up or down without some opinion as to why it was up or down. I, I think it's our desire. We really need to know. Yeah. Um, and they're very good at framing that. I mean, today, clearly, there was some news that got released, and subsequently, the market went down. So I'm not saying that the market didn't respond to that negative news about the uh, economy Yeah. or the debt, the Greek debt downgrade. It's just that it more often than not, the market's moving for a variety of reasons that are really unknown to yeah, us as I investors. Yeah. And we just have a need, and this is a psychological characteristic, that we have a need to want to understand things or control things. And, and, and apply uh, meaning to things that don't always have Right, meaning. apply meaning to it. So if we see patterns, we want to have some explanation for it. Oh, this is why that happened. Yeah. It's very, you know, it's harder for us to go, well, it's just random and beyond our control. Yeah. Um, but interestingly enough, with all the smart people out there, if they were able to predict what was coming out today, the downgrade or uh, the uh, the economic data on the, uh, was it the manufacturing? There was a couple of manufacturing and uh, an employment number. Yeah, it was a uh, manufacturing sector start. If, 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 really, if they were really bright, the market wouldn't have reacted at all. It would have already been incorporated. Mm-hmm. It, it is a good sign that the market's working efficiently in that, you know what I mean? It, that the the decline does come after the news, mm-hmm. which means hey, we didn't all know the news. We right. got the news, and the market reacted accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it reacts, you know, over pessimistically and over optimistically. Yeah. But there's so many factors and forces going into trying to figure out what the value of the market should be on a day-to-day basis. It's virtually a fruitless exercise mm-hmm. to try to do it. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I don't get worked up and get sucked into this stuff and start trying to adjust my portfolio, my personal, let's talk about our personal portfolios, um, is because I have a very long time frame or with the time frame that I have, I have the uh, a good balance of risky and less risky investments in my portfolio so that I'm confident for the time period I need it, whether it's for my kids education fund or for my retirement that I I'm giving myself a good chance of success mm-hmm. the best chance no guarantee sure but I'm giving myself the best chance through the principles that we've found the academic evidence evidence supports about keeping costs down about mm-hmm. diversifying mm-hmm. about managing the taxes um, not getting sucked into the day-to-day not market timing market news and and sector you know, hysteria and, and euph- yeah fighting a lot of the psychological setbacks that we each encounter. Mm-hmm. And we do that by having a discipline, having some market knowledge and history yeah. of the mistakes that we make yeah. as investors, and then applying a discipline to that, mm-hmm. an emotionless discipline to it. 
Yeah, and I, I'm sorry. No. Uh, just uh, speaking about that, I, I think the reason we don't get caught up is we don't believe that taking action will help us. Matter of fact, we see oftentimes taking action hurts us, where uh, I think a lot of other people, they their their ways to avoid risk is to take action. And uh, our, our ways to avoid risk is to be diversified and, and have enough conservative assets to, to meet our risk tolerances. And uh, I don't think that's how most of the industry works. Most of the industry avoids risk by moving in and out of the market. And uh, they have worse results, uh, but they feel like, hey, they're doing something at least. Well, and you made, you're triggering a, a thought. Uh-oh. That I... That ding. I, ding, ding. And, um, and uh, the thought is, you see these guys, you were just showing me an article, and hope I hope you'll share this, what you were showing me. But in that article, it said something to the effect of the old buy and hold strategy, right? Mm-hmm. Is an ineffective way to manage through this market mm-hmm. environment. Mm-hmm. You'll, in essence, if you, you know, what I, the way I kind of read it is, um, if you if you did that, you know, you're you're kind of a jackass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why would why would you do that? That's for for dumb people who aren't so bright mm-hmm. or. Um, if Slow, there's, yeah. I, you know, if there's an advisor that would tell you to just buy and hold, it's because they're lazy and they're kind of stupid. You know, mm-hmm. is that, I don't know, is that what their their the implication is? Um, you know, well, and I I think that's, you know, there are some buy and hold strategies that are stupid. Um, you know, buying and holding Washington Mutual, obviously turned out yeah. to be a stupid strategy. Uh, I, you know, I, I sometimes think that we're kind of categorized as buy and hold. Obviously, you know that we're you know, we've got over 14,000 different investments in our clients' portfolios, and um, they're continually, I mean, through um, changes in capitalization and emerging markets becoming developed markets and developed markets becoming back to emerging markets, there's lots of changes going on within our portfolio. So it's not just, you know, we're rebalancing, we're taking money out of the profits that we had in real estate after it had such a great run-up. So there's to me, you know, we're not just a buy and hold. Um, uh, I think we're a very disciplined, uh, uh, empirical, evidence-based investing that has a strategy that, hey, in good markets, we're going to get this much upside. In bad markets, we're going to have this much downside. And it's very it's very unemotional and very um, analytical and quantitative. Admitting the one piece that it seems like no other investors or analysts or economists can admit that they can't predict the future, irregardless of how much that evidence shows us. Well, and isn't that the real, the real decision maker? Shouldn't that be the real decision maker? Is the guy who is selling his product, whether it's the Pimco guy or the Ken Fisher we talked about last mm-hmm. week, or Bob Brinker, or XYZ uh, Broker the Pimco guy L, L something Muhammad uh, Mary. And before that, it was Bill Gross and all these guys. You know, yeah, they're they're they tend to be selling some kind of product. But but how have they done? Yeah, you know, in terms of on a risk-adjusted basis, for the average person trying to um, cover a long period of time, not some short time period. And I say short five, ten, even fifteen years in terms of actual investment history is pretty short when you get into the science of trying to figure out meaningful, significant performance. Um, do they have it? And if you said, hey, these are the guys that are saying, you know, that come at you with this, hey, it's a naive strategy. 
But the data and the evidence is on our side. Now, the reason we do it the results. Is, is because the results are there. If you look at the track records of investors who engage in the active so-called dynamic strategies, right? We need this now. Um, you know, even Schwab, they're buying a company that does this kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, we're going to shift you in and out of all these different asset classes because we're going to manage the risk. We got to get mm -hmm. in there and actively manage that risk mm -hmm. and just spank that risk. <laughs> um, Is that their marketing strategy? Oh, you know what, Mike? Uh, before we get carried away on that note, <laughs> we got to take a quick break and we'll we'll come right right back in on this topic. We'll be right back. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management. Inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at empiricalfs.com. We some hard hitters, we some hard hitters. Hard-hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard-hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. You want to know the inside scoop on how today's leaders do business? How they hire and develop top talent? How do they retain top employees and customers? Tune in to Leadership Leverage on the Voice America Business Channel. Every week, Dr. Robert Denker will offer ideals and facilitate discussion with guests that will help shape today's up-and-coming leaders as well as established leaders in their fields. Listen for Leadership Leverage every Tuesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Okay, welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. We're trying to help you navigate through these harsh market times, Mike. 
the, the article says navigating the multi-speed world. It's a multi-speed world. There's Things no have changed. It. This time it's different. It's a little different this time. Does anyone ever hear does ever, that? Does everybody know that I'm not Ethan Broga? I don't want his fans and his, uh, oh, his, his yeah. posse know. It, this is Michael Van Sant. Michael to, Van yeah. Sant wants, just wants to get his name on the radio over and over again. Uh-huh. Michael Van Sant. Mm-hmm. Michael Van Sant. Otherwise known as Mikey V here in the office. Yep. So let's talk about this economic outlook by PIMCO, uh, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. What are we talking about? We're talking well, about PIMCO, huh? Forget about forget it. Forget about it, you know? So uh, a very intelligent client of mine sent me an article about PIMCO's economic outlook, and um, there wasn't too much of a surprise in here, and actually it was one of the uh, the, the softer economic outlooks that I've ever, uh, ever noticed before, uh, in the sense that it wasn't saying it was bad, it just wasn't making too... Um, strong of a stance and a lot of times I, I think that might be through having bad past economic outlook so basically what they're saying is hey there's going to be some inflation coming down the road and um, developed markets are going to have slow growth and um, emerging markets are going to have strong growth and um, you know my my client's question to me is hey how's our portfolio structured to take advantage of this and it it when i get questions like that i, I sometimes don't know where to start um because a lot of the points that are made in this economic outlook um, are one of our portfolio managers and CFA, Stephen Gashard, uh, just did some research and came to the exact opposite uh, ideas that um, some of the emerging markets are, yeah, pretty sad stuff. Uh, aren't going to grow as everybody's expected. But So I guess to, to you, Ken, and to our listeners, um, a couple thoughts when looking at outlooks. One is that Nobody makes good economic predictions consistently. So uh, if you're going to act on those economic predictions, you just have to know going into it that there's nobody that has a good track record of making them over and over correctly. So you're going to make some bad decisions by following those. Uh, Alternatively, you can find an economic outlook by one smart person that has one conclusion and go talk to another very smart person and have the exact opposite conclusion. So... Now you're back to the position of not knowing what the economic outlook is, uh, which kind of brings us to our strategies. I mean, we our, our strategies are you know fairly complex and very diversified, and and we have capital all over the planet. Um, but it's it's based on hey, what would you do if you could predict the future, mm-hmm. as opposed to hey, this is what you do because you think you can predict the future, and the results that we've garnished for our clients are very very good. Uh, going once again back to this PIMCO article, as soon as I saw PIMCO in the name, it made me laugh because I, I, I've known uh, they've been very vocal about a lot of their predictions, and, and some of them have been very, very bad. Uh, back in 2002, Bill Gross, who I think manages more money than anybody else on the planet, said interest rates are only going up from here, and the stock market's uh, going way down from here. And neither one of those very broad, uh, somewhat simple predictions were way, way, way off. So uh, I guess just to, to share with you out there, I mean, I, I, I encourage gaining knowledge about investing. I mean, I, I think, you know, before the show, Ken and I were talking about two books that we're reading about investing. We're always learning about it. But it's not uh, what most, I think, uh, average investors are reading. They're reading, you know, the Wall Street Journal or, or PIMCO's Economic Outlook or Market Watch, trying to draw clues and and. and connect the dots about what the future holds, and I just think it's a, a fruitless effort. 
Well, I have to agree with you, Mike. I, I, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't argue with that. That you know, you'd you'd be much better served taking a half an hour and reading a a, a book. Um, well, either a read a book that you enjoy reading, make it a pleasurable book. Mm-hmm. You know, one of those romance novels that you like oh, to yeah. read. Oh yeah, yeah, Harlequin. And um, you know, you could do that, or or spend some time, you know, reading something that's got. It's more academically based, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. You know, something that, that gives you a broader overview of market history. Yeah. You know, it, it, rather than reading the day-to-day news and trying to decipher that to make decisions, mm-hmm. um, looking at market history and saying, "Geez, what 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 did, what did the market think about this um, back in the day?" and and then what subsequently happened? Yeah. You know, if we if we actually spend a good deal of time tracking the predictions that get made or we individually make as humans or the so-called market gurus, you'd find the results have been very, very poor. Yeah. And if you actually did that exercise for a while, you'd probably say, you know what, this isn't working out. Mm-hmm. And uh, as our friend Larry Swedro often says, supposedly Einstein said that the Definition definition of insanity is doing the same thing over again and expecting different Ooh. results. Yet every single time we go through a market bubble, that's what happens, right? Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. say what inevitably comes with it is the statement that, hey, this time it's different. Yeah. We were reading last week about how they're in the Economist. There was an article about we were talk, answering the question about angel investing and mm-hmm. private. They're saying, well, maybe there's another technology bubble emerging here, but now it's in the private sector because uh-huh. money's being thrown at these companies on the private. And you know, people are starving for investment opportunities, and yeah. so they're throwing money into these technology companies on the uh, private sector, trying to get onto the. Now the IPOs are coming, so we were talking about Facebook and LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think LinkedIn came out. It was 240 times cash flow, for example. Wow. So they're not they're they're not coming out and being priced at extremely cheap rates. But those who are saying, hey, th- these are good deals, it's this time it's different. This uh-huh. is a different scenario. Uh-huh. And it's just kind of funny when you hear that because if you go back in time, right, there was the Nifty 50 uh-huh. group of, of stocks. Uh-huh. It was a different sector, right, um, during different periods of time, different sectors or industries of the economy were the cutting edge places to be. Places to invest. Yeah, mm-hmm. places to invest and in each subsequent bubble and then subsequent popping and subsequent you know, period of, of, of poor returns in those sectors. You know, preceding that, it was always, well, this time it's a different situation. Um, well, and it sounds like kind of what you're alluding to is people are trying to take risk out of their lives by investing all their assets in a different asset class than they got burned in last time. Like they're not buying real estate this time; they're buying pre-IPO stocks because they, that you know, they haven't been burned that way. Right. And I think that's one thing that bubbles always have in common is that a lot of assets are going into just one type of an investment, inflating it, inflating it, inflating it, ignoring diversification, rule one to taking risk out of your portfolio, and uh, they they make the same mistake with just slightly different variances, you know, real estate, tech stocks, large cap stocks, or, you know, whatever the bubble is, tulips in the, in Holland in the 1700s, you know, the, the bubbles are very similar time and time and again, just with a different product. 
Well, and you can be quite successful by going, aligning yourself with the power of, of market markets rather than trying to situate yourself in which you're fighting the current of the market. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have to really just tune out the hype. Yeah. Tune out this stuff where, hey, you know, the market goes down a few hundred points. The the news headlines get splattered with this, you know, like we talked about, the dramatic, very dramatic scene. Mm -hmm. um, and here comes your white knight that's going to capitalize on that by saying, hey, this time it's different. This In this kind of a market environment, you really need an approach that's dynamic, mm -hmm. that's going to navigate you through these wildly, you know, wild and crazy the times. The multi-speed world. The multi-speed world. Um, the old approaches don't work anymore. This so-called buy and hold thing we were talking about. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot more to investing, uh, you know, than, hey, geez, do I buy and hold five stocks or ten stocks or one index? Um, it's easy to miscategorize strategies and, and miscategorize sound investing mm -hmm. approaches in order to sell whatever it is you're selling as one of the prognosticators or yep. gurus of the market that need to charge for that yep. um, or choose to develop a career out of, out of making market predictions about the future or you choosing to be a, a day trader. Um, until you blow yourself up, mm -hmm. you know, and lose your investment. And we're just trying to protect you from making the same mistakes that have been made over and over and over again with For the individual investors. Yeah. Hundreds of years. Um, my view is you do need some help, but the kind of help that everyone needs is not, hey, I need to be paying someone to be, you know, like you said, we can pull two experts out that have equally good academic credentials who can give you, would give you exact opposite scenarios and how you should be positioning your portfolio. Um, you know, I, our view is that hey, if you're working with the market forces, there's risk and with risk should be expected return. Mm -hmm. If I divert own not just 10, 20, 30, or even 100, but literally thousands of securities in well-developed markets, mm -hmm. um, I, I have an opportunity to build a passive income being returns that I'm getting from a portfolio that will help me to stay ahead of inflation and to achieve my retirement goals, education goals for my kids. Um, it's a much better approach, and it's all about the way you frame your outlook on what you're trying to do with investing. Mm -hmm. um, Mike, we're going to have to take a quick break here in a few minutes, in a few seconds. Do you have anything to add on that before we head into break well i'll throw out uh, I'll, I'll take your albert einstein and uh, up you uh, a steve forbes uh, oh okay quote. yeah uh, stevie f stevie f as you know him so well okay uh the uh there's a lot more money to be made in selling financial information than acting on it yeah okay we'll be right back and uh, conclude the show here in our last segment in just a second Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management. 
inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Okay, welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. I'm Ken Smith with Michael Van Sant. Howdy. Hi. We are uh, been talking about you know the fact the market was down substantially today on Wednesday. Uh, who knows what it'll be when this airs tomorrow, Mike? Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it, for the for the sanity of, of of all those guys in the pictures on the articles, <laughs> the market won't be down too far because uh, they look like you know they're about to uh, jump to off a building at yep. any moment. Yeah. Um, but uh, we're talking about you know the uh, a better way of approaching things mm-hmm. that you know you shouldn't be caught up in the day to day news headlines and all the drama and the things they put around it. And mm-hmm. furthermore, you shouldn't necessarily be listening to these market gurus who are giving you the nonsense about this time it's different or in this kind of a market environment the old buy and hold strategies don't work. You need to be dynamic and you know, all that kind of what we would call pretty much nonsense. Noise. Noise. But my question to you, you oh, Mike. Boy. Give it to me. Okay. That's <clears throat> <laughs> okay. Well, um, it's not that kind of show, Mike. I hear uh, you. My question to you is what what should somebody do? All right. They're listening to the show. They're on the edge of yeah. their seat right now. Of course they are. This whole thing is just a giant roller coaster ride, as it were. And uh, what 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 do you think someone should do? What should our listeners do? Well, they're they're uh, our listeners are very fortunate because they have us. They should yeah. call us. I mean, my my first and foremost recommendation is call us. Uh, you know, they 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 have a good resource to reach out to. Um, but let's 
let's talk about everybody else too. Uh, I I think. There, there's a, a bit of a problem because I think that people need help, but I think there's so much bad help out there, it makes me nervous to say, go get some. Right. And obviously it's self-serving to say, hey, we're the good guys, but I really do believe that. So um, uh, I do think most investors need help and or need knowledge, and oftentimes both. Um, a lot of my wealthiest and smartest clients um, have PhDs and very successful careers, but hire us to do something that they've never been able to do before, and that's give them discipline, have a very, very good understanding of what their objectives are, what their risk tolerances are, what their taxes are like, who's important in their lives, and we build up a customized crafted plan to help them meet their goals with the least amount of risk possible. That is, that is what everybody deserves and should get. Um, the path that, you know, may be a little bit more, uh, a little longer is, is get some knowledge so that you can understand what you do need. Um, the book, one book that really changed it all for me was Larry Swedro, um, uh, Rational Investing in Irrational Times. And it's, the subtitle is uh, 52, uh, How to Avoid 52 Common Mistakes that Investors Make. And I haven't found a, a mistake that an investor makes that's not one of those 52. I mean, those really, if you're getting ready to make an investment decision, go through that book and, and figure out, hey, are you using a... a, a um, familiarity bias or you believe that someone knows the answers that you don't know, it really will help you um, have a better understanding of common investment mistakes. But read, read, read. I mean, I, I read probably, you know, five or six books a year um, just in the financial services industry. I'm reading a book right now about Goldman Sachs. It's really enlightening to me that, you know, with all the knowledge and resources and computing and PhDs that they have, they still make horrible, horrible mistakes all the time that, that ends, ends up losing themselves and their clients tons and tons of money. And it just further uh, convinces me that hey, if, if anybody could predict their future, I would think it would be Goldman Sachs. And they can't do it either. Matter of fact, they've been on the brink of bankruptcy more times than I care to share. What do you think about it, Ken? Well, I, I'd like to throw a couple other books that would be good. I mean, these are some of the books that I read early on that started to change and shape the way that that I thought about investing mm -hmm. and you know earlier very early in my career in the investment industry I was frustrated um, and I saw a lot of hypocrisy in the way things were done and the way advice was given mm -hmm. and it didn't seem to make a lot of sense to me mm -hmm. and uh, and so I started looking outside of the Wall Street area mm -hmm. um, and and the traditional investment managers and economists and started to get switched on to academics or professors that wrote books that really just kind of, in my view, had a very objective viewpoint on, hey, is all this stuff really valuable that Wall Street pumps out, mm -hmm. you know, starts to catalog their track record, mm -hmm. really holding them accountable to their record of advice. And so a good book, uh, one of the first ones that was originally published back in the 70s and then has been updated numerous times is a book called A Random Walk Down Wall Street mm -hmm. um, by Burton McKeel. He's a professor, I believe, at Princeton. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, his book's been through several editions, but he did a very good job of, of documenting. Does, if, if, if these so-called professional managers um, are as good as they say, let's look at their track records. Mm -hmm. What is the evidence so far? And we've got a lot of it now. Say about that because anyone can say they're great, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I can tell you I can run the forty-yard dash in a half a second, but 
until we get out on the track and I strap on my running shoes, Mike, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know that I would put a lot of stock in that kind of a, a, a bet. Yeah, I don't. I know. Statement. I yeah. You know what I mean? I do. So that's a great book. Uh, Charles Ellis. I mentioned him because you mentioned this book about Coleman Sachs. Mm-hmm. I think he wrote that, but he also wrote a great book called uh, Winning the Loser's Game. I read a chapter of that this morning. Uh, really good book um, that I would check out. Uh, there's a guy named Bernstein who's done a reasonably good job um, writing some books that mm-hmm. kind of t- that cover uh, the investment plus me. Four pillars of investing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm. You know, I would start with the other ones because his. I don't. I'm a little less excited about mm-hmm. some of his stuff, but um, far better than many other types of books that a person could pick up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so i i would I would start with with reading. Um, reading a few of those books. Yeah. I think you mentioned Swedro's books. He's written several, but I think the one I enjoyed the most still is the uh, Rational Investing in Ir- Irrational Times, which yeah. was out in 2000, which is funny because it came out about the first time, the uh, the first market, significant market decline in the last, you know, 11 years here. Mm-hmm. And the point I think we were making about that is you educate yourself, but in our view, you still need to get some help mm-hmm. a lot of times because, you know, it's highly likely that you don't retain all that knowledge unless you're working into it day in and day out. Mm-hmm. It's likely that you will at some point get caught up in the daily news yeah. and start making the same mistakes again. Yeah. If you don't have someone who's committed to sticking with that approach of saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to. I'm not going to – and a quick filter, I think, is if anyone's investment strategy relies on them predicting the future, you can get to the bottom and weed out a lot of bad advisors very quickly, in my view, by asking a few questions. Mm-hmm. You know, I would ask the questions that you know, I think in their view they would think they'd be glad to answer because they think it's their part of a great sales pitch. Mm-hmm. But for me, it would be one of my first things to filter out. Hey, do you – do you, um, you know, in this wild market environment, are you a buy and hold guy? And if if there, do you do you make market adjustments and things like that based on what you believe in the news? And if they're answering yes to those, I'd be running away from them. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think again they would be thinking this is great. We've got to end the show right now, Mike. I know you, it's sad. You've had so much fun. Can I come back? And uh, I know, I know. You don't. They don't want us to go, Mike. Uh-huh. That's tough. Um, but uh, we've got to. So. Thank you very much. Have a good week. Thanks for coming on, Mike, and we'll see you all next week. We hope you've enjoyed Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and Ethan Broga. Please join us again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And for more information about Empirical Investing Radio, please call 800-923-4307. We'll see you next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 